SumaUp is next-gen body optimization from an actual doctor that's guaranteed to get you in the best shape of your life in 90 days. You'll be at peak levels for each of the fundamentals that drive your strength, energy, and even your longevity. It's a lifelong difference you'll see in the mirror, but also feel throughout your entire day. SumaUp puts more living in life. For full details on this transformative program designed for the demanding lives of today's highest achieving entrepreneurs and CEOs, visit www.startsuma.com. So what exactly are macronutrients? So macros, some people may refer to them as macros. Macronutrients are essentially nutrients that are required in large amounts for basic functioning of the body, primarily in energy production. There are three main types of macronutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And this is important to realize, uh, carbohydrates typically contain four kilocalories of energy per gram. We just refer to them as calories. Proteins contain four kilocalories per gram as well. And then fats contain nine kilocalories per gram. And then when we're calculating calories for your diet, this will come into play. But notice how um, fats contain almost twice as much uh, caloric intake, caloric energy than carbohydrates and fats. And that's something to, to, um, to consider when you're creating your diet. Okay, so what exactly are carbohydrates? Well, carbohydrates are primarily uh, the macronutrient that's important for energy so, uh, production. Uh, they're broken down to glucose and there are um, a couple of types of uh, carbohydrates. There's starchy carbohydrates and there's fibrous carbohydrates. Starchy carbohydrates are the ones that we are talking about that can be broken down to glucose, whereas fibrous carbohydrates really cannot be broken down by the body and are useful in GI regularity uh, because they help with passage of uh, human waste. And so starchy carbohydrates can be um, uh, characterized further into both simple and complex. So simple carbohydrates would be things where you just have, uh, their carbohydrates consisting of primarily one, uh, glucose molecule or, or mono or disaccharide. So glucose or fructose, right. Um, or which are monosaccharides or sucrose or maltose, which are disaccharides. Sucrose is glucose and fructose together. Maltose is two glucose molecules together. And generally these carbohydrates usually taste sweet. They're things like honey, sugar, syrup, agave, um, molasses. Um, those would be the things that tend to have, uh, tend to be higher, uh, in, um, in simple carbohydrates. Now milk and yogurt, they have a special type of carbohydrate called, uh, lactose, uh, and that is primarily, uh, galactose, right? a combination of galactose and, um, they don't necessarily taste quite as sweet as the other types of, um, saccharides, but they are considered simple. What about uh, complex carbohydrates? So these are where you have, um, strands of these sugar molecules that are strung together in, in long, large amounts. And these will, uh, and we call these polysaccharides. And these you'll see in uh, manifested as rice, pasta, bread, starchy vegetables, such as potatoes and uh, sweet potatoes, corn. Now, complex carbs usually contain fiber unless it's processed, right? So brown rice would be uh, unprocessed, a complex carb versus white rice, which is processed, right? And uh, generally, 
when they're processed, they tend to start to have some of the um, components of simple carbohydrates in terms of insulin release. Uh, more processed complex carbohydrates tend to cause spike insulin uh, more so than, comp uh, than less processed complex carbohydrates. And so ideally, uh, and we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, you want to try to focus on complex carbohydrates, primarily for carbohydrate loading, as they don't seem to spike your insulin levels dramatically. What about proteins? Well, proteins are another macronutrient. They're essentially large molecules consisting of um, amino acids. And these are really important in terms, they're the building blocks of, of enzymes, of, of well, proteins, which can uh, consist practically everything within the cell, the cellular membrane, um, organelles. They're very, very important um, macronutrients. And they can consist of either non-essential or essential amino acids. So non-essential ones are amino acids that can be created by the body, whereas essential ones are ones that cannot be created by the body and need to be consumed from your diet. And generally, Animal protein has all the essential amino acids. These would be things like milk, poultry, fish, and eggs. Whereas plant protein, you need to combine different types to get all of the essential amino acids. And one thing to remember is generally, unless it's an isolate with plant protein, uh, in order to get the combinations, you typically tend to have quite a bit of uh, additional carbohydrates that are added. So you may, uh, beans and rice might be a good combination to get all of your essential amino acids, but you're going to be eating a significant amount of carbohydrates to get that protein source. Whereas with animal protein, um, if it's lean and uh, you don't add breading to it, of course, uh, it tends, you can get primarily protein without added carbohydrate. And then fats. So these are really important in terms of energy storage, um, hormone production, and actually structural integrity within the, the cell membrane. And so um, there are several different types of fats um, the, that we're going to talk about each type here. The first one we're going to talk, talk about are trans fats. So uh, it may be good to go to this diagram first. So fatty acids are essentially just chains of carbon and hydrogen uh, atoms kind of linked together and we'll call them hydrocarbons. Saturated fatty acids are where every carbon, it has two hydrogen bonds and then it's bound to another carbon. An unsaturated um, fatty acid is where there are double um, bonds between the carbon. So some of them don't have two hydrogen molecules here. They, just, uh, they have a double bond here. And trans fatty acids are where hydrogen bonds are found on opposite sides of the carbon-carbon double bond. Um, so how do you get trans fatty acids? Well, these are made by hydro hydrogenating unsaturated fats. And why would you do that? Well, uh, you can do this. Uh, this was actually done uh, in industry to, uh, to utilize unsaturated fats and make them solid at room temperature uh, to be more marketable. Uh, you'll find them in margarine, shortening, doughs, fried foods. Uh, these are universally bad because um, they are definitely linked to a higher, uh, to poor lipid profile. So increased LDL and low HDL. And I would try to avoid these uh, as, as much as possible. Uh, saturated fat. So as we talked about, these are the uh, fats where 
um, within the hydrocarbon chain, there aren't any double um, bonds between the carbon molecule, uh, carbon atoms. And uh, you'll typically find these with, uh, in terms of animal sources, such as beef, lamb, pork, poultry, lard, uh, full fat cheese and dairy. Um, this is controversial, but it appears they're probably not as healthy as unsaturated fats. And we're going to get into the types of unsaturated fats because there are some unsaturated fats that are definitely unhealthy. But if you were to compare them to healthy unsaturated fats, it's, they're, it's likely better to uh, utilize unsaturated fats versus saturated fats for your uh, fat in your diet. And what are the unsaturated fats? Well, again, these are um, fatty acids where there is at least one double bond between the carbon atoms and there's monounsaturated fats where there's one double bond between the carbon atoms and polyunsaturated fats where there's multiple. And typically they originate from plant sources. Some of them include avocado oil, nut oil, nuts and nuts, butters, um, olive oil, and then of course, uh, certain fish like salmon, which are quite fatty. Um, one thing to note is uh, you want to avoid industrial seed oils. So basically these are unsaturated fats that are highly processed and they come from things like corn, soybean, rapeseed, cottonseed, and safflower. And the reason why is during the process of um, creating them, they are um, heated. So they have very high oxidation. Um, they are processed with, um, which, which in turn, this in turn will lead to uh, large amounts of inflammation within your body. They're processed with petroleum solvents, deodorizers, and colorants, uh, essentially to make them more marketable and not smell. And which in turn are also are linked to inflammation within your body. And they tend to, um, cause a, they have, they have a very high, uh, very unbalanced omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio. And this in turn is linked to inflammation too. You really want to have a one-to-one -one ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 or two-to-one omega-3 to omega-6. Whereas with many of these industrial seed oils, they tend to have a much higher omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, maybe um, three-to-one or, or two-to-one in favor of omega-6, which is not good. Okay, so we kind of talked about the macronutrients. Let's talk a little bit about body types. So uh, classically, there are three ways to kind of describe your body at baseline, uh, ectomorph, endomorph, or mesomorph. And what are some of the characteristics of these? Well, with an ectomorph, uh, primarily these individuals have trouble gaining weight and tend to be very thin, um, lean, they have a fast metabolism, but, uh, and they've always had difficulty putting on weight, fat or muscle, uh, throughout, you know, their teenage years into adulthood. Um, mesomorphs, on the other hand, these individuals tend to be fairly athletic. Uh, they have well-defined muscles. It's very easy for them to put on muscle mass and they don't tend to, uh, gain fat very easily at all, but they do tend to gain weight much more easily than ectomorphs. And then you have endomorphs who have baseline to have a softer, rounder body. They tend to gain muscle, but fat very easily. And you'll see these individuals have more of a stocky build. Um, when it comes time for them to diet down, it's harder for them to lose fat, whereas a mesomorph can lose fat very easily and an ectomorph can lose it, lose it extremely easily. And um, 
owing to this, whereas they may have a significant amount of muscle, they're not very well defined. Okay, so based upon what your somatotype is, uh, you would calculate your total caloric intake. So if you considered yourself endomorphic, you'd multiply your current body weight times 10 to get your caloric intake. If you're mesomorphic, you'd multiply it times 15. And if you're ectomorphic, you'd multiply it times 20. And these are some basic guidelines and where to get started. And then based upon that total amount, you would utilize the following percentages. Endomorphs tend to do very poorly with carbohydrates. You'd want to have less carbohydrates at baseline. So about 20% carbohydrates, 50% protein, 30% fats. Mesomorphs, can, they have better insulin sensitivity. So 40, 40, 20 protein, carbs, fat seems to work better. And ectomorphs generally can do very well with carbohydrates. So something like 30, 50, 20 seems to work really, really well for those individuals. And how do we calculate this? Well, let's say, let, let's say you were an endomorphic patient, you know, uh, rounded body, you tend to gain fat easily, um, but gain some muscle difficult for you to lose fat though. Okay. So let's say you're 200 pounds. So, uh, again, using that equation, 200 times 10, cause you'd use that multiplier would be 2000 calories of your total amount of calories. And then what you would do is you would use the endomorphic macronutrient ratio, 50, 20, 30, and calculate the total amount of calories that are going to come from each one of these macronutrients. So 50% are going to come from protein. So 50% of 2000 is a thousand calories. 20% will come from carbs. So 400 calories will come from carbohydrates and 30% will come from fats. So 600 calories will come from fats. Okay. So we have the caloric amounts. Now let's determine how much we have to get in terms of grams. And if you remember that, um, that ratio that we talked about in the very beginning, one gram of protein is four calories. One gram of carbs is four calories and one gram of fat is nine calories. Remember one gram of fat is about twice as much calories as carbs or protein. You'll be able to calculate the amount of grams of each of these macronutrients you need. So if you have a thousand calories from protein, you divide that by four, you have 250 grams of protein. If you have 400, uh, calories from carbs, you divide that by four, you have a hundred grams of carbs. If you have 600 calories from uh, fats, you divide that by nine, that's 66 grams of fats, right? And so these would be your macro amounts for the day. And what I usually do to make it very simple is I then take this and I divide it into four or five meals. Ideally, if you can, eating more frequently is likely to help with meta uh, your metabolic rate and you can digest better. So I usually try to aim towards five. Um, so something like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks in between. And uh, if you divide it by five, each meal would have 50 grams of protein, 20 grams of carbs and 13.2 grams of fats. So you might be asking yourself, well, how do I, what do I do with this? How do I create a meal from this? Well, there are calorie counters out there that can help you establish what to include into each of these macros. Calorie King, MyFitnessPal, and Chronometer are some of my favorites, but there are many others. And basically what you would do is you would find certain sources for each of these so that you meet these macro requirements. So to, for this particular meal, about six ounces of roasted chicken breast, 
one medium sweet potato and 1.5 tablespoons of almond butter, would it be equivalent to the fats, carbs, and protein for this particular meal? Okay. So we kind of talked about what macronutrients are. We kind of talked about how to determine total caloric intake. We've kind of talked about how to uh, create macros for your uh, personal profile, but what about what foods to choose? Well, um, we kind of touched upon this when we talked about the macronutrients for carb sources, you really want to choose complex carbohydrates primarily, right? And ideally, if you can gluten-free, and this is a little controversial, but I found in my clinic, uh, many of my patients tend to get uh, in low level gut inflammation, uh, and, or, um, leaky gut syndrome with, uh, adding gluten to their uh, diets and they feel much better and they digest much better when they remove it. And you might want to try it too. And so, uh, basically gluten is, um, a substance found in many wheat containing carbohydrates. And I would, you just check to make sure that they don't have them. Here are some things that are gluten-free that work really well cream of rice, yams, wild rice, brown rice, jasmine rice, uh, quinoa, beans, and legumes. These all could be of some utility for you. Um, what about proteins? Well, ideally, when you uh, choose protein sources, you want to choose, if they're animal sources, you want to choose the leanest cut and organic or grass-fed uh, whenever possible. The idea behind it is many of the... Um, Many of the chemicals, pesticides, toxins, byproducts, plastics uh, tend to reside in uh, adipose tissue. And, and the less of that that you consume um, from uh, your animals is, is likely to be more healthful for you. And then if, they are, if they're organic or grass-fed, uh, they're less likely to ingest a lot of the um, processed food, uh, processed meal that um, pigs, chickens, cows, uh, whatever are, uh, are fed in concentrated animal feeding operations or CAFOs, right? Um, and this is kind of, uh, on, this is a, on a little bit concerning, but there is evidence to suggest that uh, <laughs> the quality of food that's fed to these animals is, is definitely suspected best. Um, but again, that's, that's something that you can do your research on as well. But ideally, if you can go with a leanest cut and organic and grass-fed, that would probably be in your best bet. That would be your best bet. And so what are some sources that you'd utilize? Chicken or turkey breast is very lean. Egg whites, uh, lean cuts of red meat. I tend to prefer eye round or 96% fat-free ground beef and whey protein isolate. And then uh, seafood is great but just make sure to get well caught and avoid larger fish, uh, primarily due to mercury contamination, right? Um, what about fats? Well, as we talked about, um, you wanna avoid the trans fats and you wanna avoid the processed seed oils. So like safflower oil, corn oil, uh, soybean oil. And instead you wanna try to utilize oils like olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, less processed oils are better. MCT oil, macadamia nut oil, almonds, um, egg yolks, and avocados. Now, ideally you want to avoid saturated fats found in chicken, pork, red meat, and turkey. And some individuals 
can't really tolerate the, this. These are saturated fats and egg yolks. Some individuals can't tolerate them. Some can though. And egg yolks have a lot of other great nutrients like biotin, but you know, check with, you know, see how it goes with, uh, with your uh, body and check your lipid uh, profile. Some of my patients, it's very interesting when I add in egg yolks, some patients tolerate very well. Other people, it just really raises their total cholesterol and LDL. So we just like not to utilize them. And then whatever you do, avoid processed seed oil. So corn oil, sesame seed oil, and canola oil. Okay. So hopefully that sheds some light on how to create macros um, and what foods to choose when you're creating your diet. It's uh, what I kind of conveyed to my patients when they join the clinic. And hopefully it will allow you to make some healthier dietary choices that will result in an improved physique.